in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Arndt Peltner. In today's program I will take you to the National Training Center of the US Armed Forces in the Mojave Desert. So stay tuned. But first, the news. Radio Goethe Magazine. The News with Nina Paula. Berlin. Germany's national rail company Deutsche Bahn may have spent years spying on its employees. According to a report published by a leading news magazine, more than 1,000 workers might have been victims of the surveillance, including many top managers, in recent years. The spying activities were reportedly carried out as part of an effort to uncover possible corruption within the company. The operation may have violated German privacy laws. Berlin. A new generation of top teenage German athletes are getting professional guidance from the National Anti-Doping Agency. The program uses various methods to promote the principle I am clean. The aim of the prevention program is to eradicate any thought of consuming illegal substances. The anti-doping message is to be promoted in all 39 top sports schools in Germany. Berlin. Germany has banned the cannabis-like drug spice because of its potential danger to health. From now on, manufacturing, possession and dealing with the drug will be a criminal offense. Spice has enjoyed growing popularity among young people in Germany, where it has been sold as a natural herbal mixture. But tests showed it contained a potential harmful chemical, which has the same effects as the natural psychoactive substance in cannabis, but is up to four times stronger. Berlin. The daughter of Count Stauffenberg, the German hero played by Tom Cruise in the film Valkyrie, has praised the movie and called it a success. The youngest daughter of Klaus Schenk, Graf von Stauffenberg, who almost killed Adolf Hitler with a briefcase bomb in 1944, said it was respectful towards the people involved in the plot to blow up Hitler. But there are even critical opinions because of Tom Cruise's membership in the Church of Scientology, saying they are using the film as promotion. Berlin Europeans will soon have an alternative to Apple's iPhone when T-Mobile begins selling its new G1 phone. The Google-based mobile device offers 700 applications. It features a touchscreen, a computer-like keyboard and provides search, maps and mail functions. Industry analysts consider it the most likely contender to the iconic status of Apple's iPhone. In Germany, the phone will sell for a symbolic 1 euro in combination with a two-year contract with T-Mobile. Located between the outer areas of Los Angeles and Las Vegas lies the Mojave Desert. And here, in an area 100 square miles wide, the armed forces have established the National Training Center, preparing the troops for their duties abroad. Here you can find Iraqi villages with role players talking Arabic, giving the soldiers an almost real-life experience of what is waiting for them when they depart for their job in Iraq or Afghanistan. 
Walking in these villages and being embedded with the troops on a mission in the desert sand, I had to remind myself that I'm in Southern California and not overseas. My name's Amy. My husband's deployed right now. So I like the fact of helping train the soldiers and getting them, you know, a better idea of what it's going to be like when they do deploy. So it, it just, you know, it feels good knowing that you're helping them out, you know, preparing them for when they do go. My name is Sandra. Originally, um, I wanted to see what our soldiers, what, what type of element as far as weather and their conditions that they have to deal with. Um, I've developed the most respect for them, uh, especially working during the summer here. It was intense. The heat was unbearable. Um, and so basically, all of us here working here, we just have respect now for our soldiers, where uh, we never understood what they dealt with out there. And now we do. And um, the hardest part was learning the language. Um, my daughter over here now, she's very good with the language. She has picked up much more than your normal words. Uh, she's pretty much has become fluent. And it, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's really, it's a wonderful feeling knowing that we're achieving something by helping the soldiers to, um, before they go out there so that they get an, an idea of what they're going to have to deal with. I'm sure we're nicer than, <laughs> than what they have to actually deal with. Um, so it, it's been not just, uh, I think it's been all of our pleasure. It really has to be part of it, selected. Um, I'm not too sure on the selection on how they choose the people, um, but it, it's been a very good experience. My name is Mike and the last name is Sosha. They don't know anything when they pull into town, we look just like a friendly village. And as they pull through the street, at that point in time, the pyrotechnics begins, that starts the whole exercise. Uh, as you'll see when you walk down, you'll see a Humvee that's in pretty bad condition. That's the one that blows up. And it's a big ball of fire. And uh, so that it turns into from a friendly village to a hostile village. We add and subtract things. Uh, sometimes they won't. Sometimes they won't blow up the Humvee. It'll be more sniper fire. Uh, sometimes they'll just barely get into the city and they'll be uh, attacked by an RPG. So it's, it's varied each and every time. I'm a soft first class. I'm a uh, what you call NTC OC, observer controller. I also serves as a lane OIC for the urban mine patrol lane. This is the worst case scenario, okay? This is the absolute worst case scenario. So when you start talking about being prepared, we rather see failure here on a large scale or a small scale, okay? Because this is where they can practice it, okay? They can get it right the second time. They come to this lane actually maybe three to four times. So if they don't do well the first time, uh, they can recock and then we'll start looking at AARs trying to 
process some information trying to get these guys where they need to be. Uh, so we don't go off of pass or fail evaluations here. It's all about exposure. Okay, so if a soldier, I would rather have them exposed to it here at NTC under a training environment as opposed to the first time being a real thing and you got real war casualties and real explosions going off on it. Uh, the lane itself is rigged up with multiple explosions and IEDs and stuff like that, and everything has a signature, i.e. Uh, the stuff that they're seeing in Iraq. Uh, so it's coming from a mindset of a few people. So uh, as an OC, I evaluate how well they're doing on the lane as far as what they say they're supposed to do according to Army doctrine, and then I marry that up with the enemy TTP, which is what the enemy is going to do against the U.S. soldiers. and then. We kind of come up with a, a plan, but a lot of times it's from the hip, based off experience, you know, based off of a multitude of experience throughout, from all the OCs. So we pull information from the Gold Miner 214, and we'll pull it, and we'll take an evaluation of ourselves, take a look at what we're doing, and then we'll change and kind of counter the lane based off of what we think should happen. Uh, and it's all coming from what's currently being seen in uh, theater right now. This is the Iraq theater. Like you would go view a movie, it's the same concept. Uh, it encompasses uh, all of what's going on in currently in Iraq right now. So we're taking a we're taking Iraq and bringing it to NTC the desert. Uh, we have uh, makeup artists, we have pyro teams, we have role players, uh, the whole nine yards. So we're trying to authenticate, not replicate or duplicate, I should say, replicate what's going on currently in Iraq right now. Captain Antonio Ortiz, physician assistant for 177th Armor Battalion, uh, 4th BCT, 1st AD, Fort Bliss, Texas. I am a physician assistant. My job is I am the battalion medical officer for any trauma or any type of uh, situations that the soldier needs care. The situation that we briefed and we planned for was we were coming down to assist a MIT team. The MIT team was going to go ahead and, and link up with the uh, World, Health, uh, World Health Organization member. He was going to go and provide care for the local nationals. Uh, upon arrival, the mid-team encountered an IED. It exploded, so we had four patients that we needed to treat uh, immediately. All four of them were severely injured. At that point, we went to take, uh, to take care of them, and there was other chaos around us, such as IEDs, other civilians that were injured. So we had a total of about 20 casualties going at once. My name is Lieutenant Colonel Jay Gallivan. I'm a battalion commander in the 1st Battalion of the 77th Armored Regiment uh, in the 4th Brigade 1st, Cal 1st Armored Division uh, stationed in El Paso, Texas. We are at Fort Irwin, uh, California, uh, training as a brigade combat team uh, at all levels, from the young soldier level to the squad, to the company, to the battalion task force and brigade combat team level. Um, training to improve our confidence and competence and our ability to perform uh, our wartime or deployed missions. To me, the biggest challenge is there's so much opportunity. There's so much training that the military has made available for us here to exercise that we don't always get exercise. We have all of the equipment, all of the soldiers, all of the types of units that we would operate with if we were deployed here at one place with a dedicated set of coaches and observers to help us train. And so my challenge is I see that the 10 to 20 to 100 things I want my outfit to be proficient at, 
and I want to get my arms around it all. Uh, now in the military, as you're probably familiar, we scope that down into the essential tasks we need to do. And so I've come here with training objectives that allow me to focus on what we must get after. And if we can get after all the hundred other things, then, then it's a bonus. I don't want to erase any mistakes. I don't want to erase any faults and flaws. I want to learn from them. And so I can take now um, a fault, a flaw, a lack of ability to perform a certain task, which you could call that an observation. And out here in training, we can now make it a lessons learned. We can actually do it again, do it right, and learn how to do it better next time. Uh, and even here in our training, we're going to find things we don't do well or things we want to do better. And what we'll do is we'll capture those observations and we'll figure out a plan to train again and fix that. So we're a, it's a learning organization. Uh, they're looking for uh, previous enemy activity on the route um, and any, you know, places that'd be likely uh, future enemy attack areas. territory here where you have like a lot of rocks and bushes around I mean it could be behind everything it could be like an ID or something right yeah definitely and, and that's why you know they they linked up with the Iraqi army um, to to further uh, develop that partnership with them you know this is their their uh, where they live so they know the history of it uh, where the enemy has had previous attacks you know what to look for the, uh, the tactics that the enemy uses. So, uh, with that knowledge uh, combined with with uh, us to kind of enable that ability there, um, it'll just make make it more successful. And, and it's, it's the training of them right now to uh, further establish that partnership and get used to uh, the, the joint partnership missions. Uh, my name is uh, Roger Urasco. I'm the Command Sergeant Major for 177 Armor. Uh, what we're doing here today is they were practicing uh, clearing routes. Uh, they've come up the desert floor here, what we what we call uh, Siberia here, the National Training Center. Uh, the first thing they encountered was a civilian vehicle that was trying to pass through their convoy. Uh, to maintain security, what we wanted them to do was pass it around. Uh, but th what they actually did was they actually turned it around and wouldn't let him come through the convoy. Uh, as it came farther up the lane, uh, we had a simulated uh, uh, vehicle-borne improvised explosive device that actually detonated next to the Iraqi Army truck. Um, it simulated four casualties, the two that were in the BTR and the two that were actually on the ground at the time. Uh, two actually, the two evac the two soldiers who were in the BTR, they crew evac them out of there. They brought them up here. The other two that were by the vehicle were classified as killed in action. They pulled them out of the way. Uh, they brought them up here, set up a landing zone, provided first aid for them, uh, called up a, a helicopter to come in and retrieve them, and it, that's about the point where we shut the exercise down, sir. Uh, one, uh, six is one, seven. They possibly have another secondary on the ground. They're close where the casualties are. Uh, the one, six is actually uh, on the ground. Uh, they're 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 on the ground. Uh,
Dude has the basics together. Uh, there are some things that they're going to have to work on and improve as they go along. Uh, for example, uh, when they did the, uh, the simulated casualties back there, uh, they left the weapons on the ground. Uh, ultimately, in combat, we wanted to police those up so they don't fall into the wrong person's hand. Um, the, the up here uh, where we're doing the Kazivak, uh, where the where the platoon actually put in the landing zone for the Blackhawk was too close to where the casualties were at. Subsequently, what would have happened in real life is the Blackhawk would have come in and it would have dusted the whole area out, uh, probably would have gotten sand in all the wounds and everything like that. So uh, we wanted to push that thing out 150, 200 meters at a minimum because of the, the, the amount of downforce and rotor wash on the Blackhawk. Uh, some of the security in the back uh, was was lacking. The tune really needs to, to reestablish that 360 degree perimeter, defend themselves, protect themselves, secure the zone, uh, and then begin the casualty evacuation process. Observer controllers here uh, have have just returned from down from Iraq, uh, and they've incorporated the lessons learned in Iraq from the new status of forces agreement between us and the Iraqi government, uh, and that's what they're bringing into this training. That's why you see the Iraqi army here, or the soldier American soldiers simulating being Iraqi army, uh, and we're training with those guys every day so we can get used to it once we actually do go back into Iraq. So the level of training we get here uh, is absolutely world class, and this is the one in a million chance. Uh, we're here. There's no training distractors, uh, and I mean we have this lane here, which is the you know the the, the vehicle-borne IED device. We have a medical training lane, which is up in the northern sector. Uh, so absolutely world-class training. This is this is, a, this is a one event where we can finish honing those skills that will get the soldiers into combat, integrate our the Iraqi army once we get there, and then give the soldiers the maximum opportunity to survive and come back home alive. What you train the soldiers for is, is we have the drills. Uh, soldier gets out of a Humvee, before he gets out, he looks down, that's five meters to make sure there's nothing underfoot. Uh, steps out of the Humvee, he looks 25 meters to make sure there's nothing within 25 meters of him. Uh, then he looks 200 meters to see for triggerman. Uh, as the soldier gets out, what we train for is, he, he, he knows when I get out of the Humvee, uh, or when I get out of the, the combat vehicle, my job is to look from seven o'clock to eight o'clock, and that's my sector. Uh, so each, each individual in the platoon has a sector to cover that 360 degree perimeter. Uh, and that's what we have to train the soldiers to do. Soldier has, it has to become muscle memory. Uh, he has to be able to do it without thinking about it. Five, 25, 200, and this is my zone of fire. Sergeant Shondell Jackson. I am 1st Battalion's Public Affairs Representative. It was weird stepping onto this area. First, before we go into Iraq, we go to Kuwait. And I tell you what, the tents, the civilian vehicles mixed with the military vehicles, 
the color of the sand, the texture of the sand on the ground, it was a flashback like you wouldn't believe. It was uh, very realistic. I was impressed with the scenery. I was impressed with how they did this and how closely they made it resemble Kuwait. Uh, I appreciated that and that was another reason why I tried to get as much training out of this as possible. Because uh, the better trained I am, the better chance I have of saving my life and the soldier's life next to me. My name is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Dalcourt. I'm the battalion commander for fourth for uh, first battalion, second to two two fourth uh, first battalion two two seventh attack reconnaissance battalion. Well, uh, it's pretty similar in many ways because you can uh, the, the environment is about as close as we can get to replicating the environment over there, and then the tasks that you perform. You know, although mundane over time, are still you know. Uh, you can exercise the same standards in training and really get at the uh, issues that you want to get at in training here at NTC. The challenges posed here are those common in that environment, but it's also those um, that, that hit you in any training area. As you think about combat stress or just the, the stress of preparing and going, you have to address it and get it up front. You must be preemptive in your attempts to try to allay concerns about the environment. Of course, uh, many have deployed there already and have come back safely, and I, and I think that's the picture going in. But as you look at rest, as you look at soldiers being trained and proficient, all of those myriad things come in and help a soldier to be comfortable walking into a new environment. There's some uh, level of stress that you want. You want a few butterflies, the guys to be anxious about what they're going to do. But I think in all, uh, having a plan to uh, allow soldiers to both talk about what's going on, not to feel uh, that it's bad to talk to a chaplain or a counselor or someone else, and then on top of that to get in and ensure you work now in training, adequate rest plans, so they see the benefit and the import of being well rested, you know, going into uh, a mission. All of those things help, you know, dissuade others from thinking that they aren't going to make it, and then two, to allay the stressors that's associated with what we do. My name is, uh, uh, I'm a chaplain over at uh, 177 Armor. My name is Samuel Olmos. My, my position um, here at NTC is a very unique position because I'm the only one in that position. And um, my role requires me as chaplain to uh, provide um, care for those who are, uh, are suffering and struggling in our unit. Um, I nurture the living, I, um, uh, we honor the dead, and, and, and we care for the wounded. So as, as a chaplain, I would, I would do all the above, and uh, I would um, do, do uh, official memorial ceremonies when we do have uh, KIAs. But you're in the NTC National Training Center. I mean, I don't think you have to train for, for these jobs, what you just described. As a matter of fact, we do. We do train for them. We, um, uh, at next, next week, we'll have opportunities to um, actually rehearse some of these events. And uh, whenever we do have casualties, uh, we can, uh, I get together with the sergeant major, and we uh, will do everything leading up to the memorial ceremony. Uh, we don't have time for the actual ceremony because it's a long process, but we'll do all the planning and organization to prepare us for that actual moral ceremony. It's hard for the family. You know, it's, it's um, the good thing about my family is that they're very little. At two years old, 
and, uh, and a six-month-old little girl, little boy and girl. My wife happens to be a very supportive woman. When I went to uh, sign up for the military, and uh, we, 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 we looked at the contract, we talked about it, we prayed about it, and I said, I said, Monica, do you want me to sign this? I go, if not, I will tear this contract up, and I won't do it. And, and, and she said, look, I'm with you. And, and uh, I understand you'll be, you might be going to a war zone. I understand I'm, I'm not going to see you a lot sometimes, but I'm willing to support you. And she's held true to that. So I'm, I'm a very lucky man. She's afraid, yes. She don't show it to me. I, I know she is. She needs to be. I, that, that's just the reality of what's going on. It, it's, 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 um, a lot can happen. I could change. She could change. Um, my kids are going to grow up really quick, and I'm going to miss all that. It's, it's, I'm scared of that. Um, but I think we're going to grow and we're going to be okay. Are you afraid? Sometimes. Sometimes I'm afraid. Sometimes I, I, I feel invincible. <laughs> but, but sometimes I think about what I might, I might be encountering. And, and I ask myself, am I going to be able to, to step up and, and really help? And uh, I hope I can. I hope I can make a difference. And, I believe that if God's placed me here, He's going to provide every means, every talent, everything I need to accomplish my mission as a chaplain. And that was today's Radio Goethe magazine. You can subscribe to our free podcast at radiogoethe.org or on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I'm Arndt Peltner. Between the stars we're sitting here Our wives are having breakfast now Down on earth The sky is clear How we wish that they were here Tell me what we're doing here Watching the dirty atmosphere Searching for a place for the human race Out in space Down there is America Down there is Africa Mankind is the most important thing We circle till eternity Around the world in minutes we Understand the history The whole human catastrophe The modern ground control Down there is America Down there is Australia Down there are still people who think That mankind is the most important Mankind is the most important Will my dog still know who I am? Will we reach 
Mankind is the most important thing. 